There are, um, and I'm sure you all have heard this, there are people in the world who would say that there's such a thing as a worldwide Jewish conspiracy. <laughs> uh, if there is, then it's a conspiracy to do good, not to do evil. A conspiracy to be a blessing to the world. And I believe that conspiracy is best termed the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee. When the poorest Jews in the world have no one to turn to, the Joint Distribution Committee provides life-saving relief. When disaster strikes, devastating lives in Haiti or Japan or in Indonesia, for instance, the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee confronts dire challenges, brings both aid and expertise. When Jewish communities around the world seek to connect to one another and to grow, the JDC brings Jewish cultural festivals to the streets of Budapest and Warsaw for the first time since communism has collapsed and has pioneered acclaimed Jewish camping programs from Sofia to Vladivostok, Jews connecting with Jews and with their Judaism. So tonight we are privileged to hear about the 100-year history of what Jews are supposed to do until the Messiah comes. It's called the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee. Tonight we're going to hear something of its story. Rabbi. You've all heard the saying that it takes a village to raise a child. Our village in the Jewish community is the joint, the JDC. Because the JDC for a hundred years has raised and nurtured and saved Jewish men, women, and children. There is no one in our community who epitomizes the work of JDC more perfectly than Trish Allman. Trish, in addition to being our Federation President, is also on the board of the JDC. And whether it's been her own personal work in Haiti or in Bulgaria or many other places throughout the world, or her efforts to allow the JDC to do its good work, she is part of that village, has been part of that group of people that has saved our people and the world. Tonight we will hear from Trish as a representative of the JDC and her message will be one of inspiration. Her message will be one of celebration. First, we're going to see a short video. Shabbat Shalom. Thank you, Rabbi Nemetov and Rabbi Levin and both congregations for coming together tonight for this wonderful, awesome experience. It is an honor to share the JDC's centennial, a 100-year-old story of rescue, relief, and renewal in Israel and in more than 70 diaspora countries around the world, a story that continues and depends on each one of us, a story that all began with an urgent telegram sent on August 31st, 1914. Henry Morgenthau Sr., who was the U.S. ambassador to the Ottoman Empire cabled Jacob Schiff, the great Jewish philanthropist in New York City, quote, Palestinian Jews facing terrible crisis, belligerent countries stopping their assistance, serious destruction threatens thriving colonies, $50,000 needed immediately 
to establish loan institute and support families. Conditions certainly justify American help. Will you undertake matter? Morgenthau. Jacob Schiff raised these critical dollars in less than a month, and the great agency known today as the American Jewish Joint Distribution Committee, the Joint, or the JDC, was born. This evening, I am very proud to represent the Joint as a member of its Executive Committee, having chaired the Europe Area Committee and the International Development Committee, which provides non-sectarian aid to areas affected by man-made or natural disasters. This year, I also serve as vice chair of our 100th anniversary committee. I became very interested and involved with the joint because of my historical work with our very own Kansas City Jewish Federation. The joint is primarily funded through the gifts given to our Jewish Federations of North America. Tonight, I proudly address you as chair of the board of the Jewish Federation of Kansas City. Our community is one of proud outreach engagement, inclusion, and concern for one another. Our programs and initiatives are far-reaching, life-changing, universally respected, recognized, and often replicated by the other 153 member communities of the Jewish Federations of North America. In Kim Tisa, this week's Torah portion, we read the story of the golden calf. We see Moses intercede with God on behalf of the Jewish people and also his reestablishment of the covenant between God and Israel. We also see that the conceptual framework of giving tzedakah and receiving takes center stage in this portion. Egypt under the pharaohs was the very model of the profound immorality of placing the accumulation of wealth over and above the value of human life. In embracing the covenant with the God of Israel, the Jewish people was leaving behind a world based upon the importance of accumulating wealth in order to establish a society based on justice, truth, peace, and one in which the value of all human life was a basic human goal. We have all heard the comment that there's nothing new under the sun, only different people doing it. And of course today we face some of these same threats to our world. Greed and the idolatry of wealth and status are often valued over loving, genuine concern and sharing and service to others. Tikkun olam, the repair of the world according to God's commandments, and tzedakah are ways in which the Jewish people attempt to deal with the ills and the injustices of our society. The JDC globally exemplified the principle that all Jews are responsible for one another. We work in the poorest peripheral areas of the world, across all of the former Soviet Union, Eastern and Central Europe, including our Kansas City partners in Bulgaria and Romania, the Balkans, Argentina, Cuba, Tunisia, India, Morocco, just to name a few. In countries where there are no social services, we help establish community organizations, such as medical clinics and chesed's, which give dignity and provide life-sustaining distribution of hot meals, home health services, counseling, medicine, food boxes, and winter relief provisions such as wood for heating houses, as well as warm clothing. We care for Holocaust survivors and others all over the world, wherever they are isolated, in danger, or facing threatening life crises. 
In Israel, we invest in solutions for the most vulnerable in the society, the poor, the disabled, the sick, and the elderly. We work with the ultra-Orthodox, Ethiopian immigrants, and Israeli Arabs by equipping unemployed parents with skill sets to support their children. We're investing in the future by offering entrepreneurship courses and mentorships for thousands of high school dropouts so that they can become the leaders needed for tomorrow. And JDC has been on the ground and continues to be on the ground in Haiti, Indonesia, Pakistan, Burma, Japan, and now in the Philippines, providing our non-sectarian humanitarian expertise to mitigate the psychological impact of natural and man-made disasters and providing the life-saving emergency supplies needed, clean water, medicine, and expert teams to better cope and prepare these communities in the future. In Bosnia, Herzegovina, Hungary, Montenegro, Israel, the Palestinian Authority, and Russia, we are providing life-saving access to breast cancer screening and state-of-the-art treatment. In Ethiopia, our own Dr. Andy Kaufman, who's with us tonight, continues to work in that country with the joint Dr. Rick Hodes to provide medical care to our indigent Jewish as well as non-Jewish patients in Addis and Gondor. And I, where is Andy? There he is. Andy and Lynn just got back, just got back, so please talk to them afterwards. There are so many, many examples of the JDC's heroic work around the world, repairing, rescuing, connecting, and reviving Jewish life and peoplehood one by one. Two weeks ago today, the world lost one of our Jewish heroes. My friend, Anne Mir Heyman Marin, was only 52 years old when she fell from her horse during a master jumping class in Florida and died. Anne was the embodiment of the power of one person to repair the world. In 2006, Anne attended a lecture at the Hillel at Tufts University and learned about the horrific Rwandan genocide, which occurred in 1994 between the ethnic Hutu and the minority Tutsi tribes. She was told that in a population of 8.2 million people, there are now 1.2 million orphans. She approached the joint to help her build a school for 500 of the most traumatized and impoverished teenagers based on the model of the Israeli Youth Aliyah villages. The joint took her to see Yamin Ord, which was a village that many of the Ethiopians were brought to uh, orphans in, from Ethiopia were brought and taught about Israel and reconnected to life and Judaism. It took five years and $12 million. Anne bought 144 acres in a setting of lakes and hills in eastern Rwanda and built a village of 32 houses high on a hill because she believed that, quote, children need to see far to go far. The school was named the Agahozo Shalom Youth Village. The word Agahozo means a place where tears are dried. Two years ago, several of us, including Dr. Bloom, who's here tonight, were privileged to go to Rwanda and see Anne's dream fully realized. Alan Gill, the CEO of the joint, who will be here, be here next week, and I hope you all will come and hear him at the Neyahuda from three to four, he said that Anne set an unparalleled example of the principles that guided her work. 
Tikkun Halev, repairing the heart, and Tikkun Olam, repairing the world. She exemplified the power of one person to create the ripple effects for so many others. People were moved by her courageous acts of kindness that uplifted so many lives and inspired so many young Jewish adults who were looking for meaning. Because of Anne, we are all impelled and compelled to action, to do more, to be more in this world. She was a true visionary and a light unto the nations. Her, her name will always be a blessing. In closing, I would like to share a personal story that happened to me on one of my many, many journeys to see what reality is for our people so far away from our comfortable life here. It was March in Sofia, Bulgaria, and the cold was extreme and penetrating. We went to the apartment of a very elderly, bedridden woman who the Joint had been providing services to for many years. She was dressed, I think, in all the clothes she owned and huddled in her little bed. It was freezing in her tiny one-room, dark, dingy, and molding apartment. There was a wooden chair and a bare, dim light bulb hanging from the ceiling. She patted the bed for me to sit next to her, which of course I did. She took my hand. She smiled at me. She pulled me down close to her and softly said, thank you. Her eyes filled with tears, and of course, so did mine. I hugged her, and she said once again, thank you for not forgetting me. How could we forget? They are ours. Our mothers, our fathers, our grandparents, our children, our family. Our Jewish tradition accords the highest value to rescuing Jews in danger and distress, and I believe that our collective power is a result of the principle of communal responsibility. For nearly a century, the Joint has continued to rely on the generosity and support of individuals, foundations, and most of all, the North American Jewish Federations to ensure that wherever in the world there are Jews in danger or in need, the Joint is there. There is literally no Jew in the world, anywhere in the world, whom we cannot touch. It was our parents and our grandparents who began and shepherded the Joint these past 100 years of history. We have not only helped Jews to live, to live but to live as Jews. <clears throat> as we go forward into the next century of service, the Joint stands ready to respond to unpredictable crises and to venture into new territory as new challenges arise. So I hope that you will all respond Hineni when asked to support our Jewish family here in Israel and around the world. We are here everywhere and every day. Thank you so much for inviting me tonight. Thank you for being here. Shabbat Shalom.